Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tarek, and welcome to the pre-market trading segment where I'm going to tell you a little bit about what you can expect from today's guest. Quick little update from the market, a little tip and trick from Talk Money to me, my current book, which you can pre-order now, and an update from my personal life. We're going to make this intro quick because this is one heck of an episode. We have Hannah G on from The Bachelor franchise. She got engaged to Dylan Barber. They then got married. We're going to talk about the wedding. We're going to talk about what her life was like before the show as it relates to work, how much she was making in the fashion industry. You won't believe this. She was her own agent. How much did the wedding cost? We're going to get quite the barometer and so much more into Hannah G's professional life. I also was really touched by the biggest impact that the show has brought to her, specifically her family. That story will come this is an episode you can't afford to miss. Now, if you've not pre-ordered a copy of Talk Money to Me, do that now. I have a focus group tomorrow. So pre-order the book, send me the receipt, tradingsecrets at jasontardic.com. And tomorrow we are having a focus group where I'm going to announce the cities I'm traveling to, the guests that are coming, and I'm going to rely on my focus group to help me with creative ideas as we go into book marketing. I will have some cool things for you as it relates to access. I got some gifts to give back as well. So send a receipt of Talk Money to Me to tradingsecrets at jasontardic.com and join our focus group tomorrow. A little update from the market. There is a little company out there called NVIDIA. If you haven't heard of NVIDIA, you must know about the stock. The ticker is NVDA. They reported its fourth quarter earnings after the bell on Wednesday, beating analysts' expectations on the top and bottom lines. NVIDIA reported adjusted earnings per share of $5.16 on revenue. Ready for this? Revenue of 20 $2.1 billion. Now, now, what you need to know about NVIDIA is they produce chips that impact AI. Okay, I'm keeping it as high level as that because I don't want to lose you. But what you need to know is that NVIDIA's performance connects to AI advancement in the world. And the speed at which NVIDIA's growth is moving is showcasing to us that AI is here to stay not in the United States, but across the world. The shares jumped 58.5% in 2024 and has been pivotal in impacting the S&P 500's performance, contributing to more than a quarter of the index's rise this year. So people are like nervous about what NVIDIA does because they have such an impact on the overall economy and performance of the S&P 500. This company is growing at such a fast pace that it is now the fourth largest company in the world, outpacing Amazon, Google, Facebook, etc. So if you know Netflix, you know Amazon, you know Google, you better know NVIDIA. Quick little tip from Talk Money to me. I break down in one of the chapters everything about credit. And I showcase, based on your credit, how much more interest you're paying over the lifetime of your existence. This is why it's so important to talk about credit because your credit might have you paying for the same exact house hundreds of thousands of dollars more than someone with bad credit. So understanding your credit, being able to improve your credit, and being able to understand even how to dispute credit issues is so important. In the book, Talk Money to Me, I walk you through each of those steps. Little update from my personal life. I was in Chicago this weekend and it was the best weekend 
unbelievable. The food was just fire. The company was great. The vibes were immaculate. The Curious Canadian, we were there celebrating his birthday. Got to see Kurt the Hawk Jameson. Had a couple great podcasts. Chicago was absolutely lit. This week is going to be a really exciting one coming up. And I cannot wait to meet with those who are available for the book tour tomorrow to talk about our launch because it is coming soon. 10 cities, baby. 10 cities. Just remember to like the show, follow this show on Apple and Spotify. Give us five stars with your biggest takeaway. If you want to watch the show, go to YouTube. You can always pick up a little bit more watching the show. Make sure to subscribe. And most importantly, the best compliment you can give me these days, truly, truly, is spending $29 on a copy of Talk Money to Me. But enough of Talk Money to Me. Let's start talking money to Hannah G. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, we are joined by professional fashion model, entrepreneur, former pageant queen and Bachelor Nation fan favorite, Hannah Godwin, now barber. I don't know, legally, we'll have to ask you, Hannah. Hannah rose to fame after her time on season 23 of The Bachelor and season six of Bachelor in Paradise, where she eventually got engaged to her now husband, Dylan Barber. He's been on the show. Go listen to that episode. But prior to being on the shows, Hannah had utilized her business degree towards a career in social media, which she has been able to carry over into a successful career combining professional modeling, brand partnerships, blogging, and even founding her own photo and video editing app, SETI. We are going to discuss Hannah's career path to where she is today, including her experience on reality TV and eventually meeting, of course, Dylan, the planning behind the extravagant European wedding and how she has utilized social media and her platform to generate new career endeavors. Hannah G, thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets today. Yay, that was a good intro. This is uh, We are excited to have you. And the, the listening crew here is called the Money Mafia. When I asked them for questions, there were hundreds of questions. Wow, good. Have you talked a lot about like your, like the business side of Hannah? You know, I was just saying like, this is not really a space that I do podcasts in, surprisingly, even though 90% of my week is doing business. But yeah. I always talk about like the light stuff or like Bachelor. So I'm excited to chit chat about what I actually do. For sure. And because I think like you're, you're absolutely dominating it and all the things that we just mentioned, but behind that is like in really impressive, like women in business leadership, like that is going to be a massive pivot for you because people look up to what you do and how you do it. Okay. This is where I want to start with. Usually Hannah, we go way back to before show and we're going to go there, but I just read an article about your insomnia and that you hadn't been posting as much because of your insomnia. So I just figured that's like the most relevant thing right now. It's big in your life. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with your insomnia journey. And then also like, how is that impacting your business? Yeah. So I think this past year, like I've always kind of like not slept here and there, not that deep. Like I can go a night or two without sleep. It's fine. Yeah. But this year, like, I, I don't know what's triggered it or what, but I, I was in Barcelona to look for my wedding gown, like the most pivotal, like part of wedding. Planning, sure. Right. Like yeah. I'm so excited and it was so special and everything. My mom was with me and the memories I made there were great. But at night, I wasn't sleeping at all. I, I was there for seven days. Okay. I slept one night. What? In the other, I didn't take naps or anything. Like, I was not falling asleep at all. And I was just, there was definitely something off. And my mom was like, Hannah, like, you're sick. Like, this, there's something off. Like, what's going on? 
And I was like, yeah, like it's annoying, blah, blah, whatever. And so I, I went to some doctors and they're like, have these as backup, but try to obviously naturally kind of solve it. Let me guess what like these that. are. I okay. know what these are. Ah, I, think. Okay. I know yep. what they are because I got sleeping issues. Ah, okay, it was impacting yes. like my business and personal life too. Are they called trazodone? I have trazodone okay. and yeah. I have Ambien too, okay. which got I know some people need to be medicated for things and yeah. stuff like that, but I didn't want to rely on medication sure. to help me sure. sleep. Yeah. Um, so ever since then, I was able to sleep a little bit better. And then in the past two months, it's just like, it's been nonstop. Like every single night since November now, I've had to like take something or pull a full on night. Or yesterday, I didn't sleep at all for a single minute. So, so last, last like, night, like, like last night, you didn't sleep. No, last night, I last night I was laying in bed and it was like 3 a.m. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like I have to get sleep tonight because last night I didn't sleep. Yeah. I was like, I like for me to drive all the way to L.A. from San Diego, I'm like I need to sleep. Sure. So therefore, it is definitely impacting my life day to day. And I'm not posting as much sometimes because I'm so exhausted, but I'm trying to wear myself out by working out and doing all these different things. Yeah. And I've tried it all, but it's awful. And who and there's a lot of people that deal with sleeping issues. Yeah, like, totally. I talked about it on on YouTube and people were like, oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. you don't understand like how common this is. Like it sucks, but like you can try to figure out a way to figure it out naturally. I've been going to a naturopath doctor, which okay. this is all new for me. I've yeah. always been like, I don't even take Advil. Like yeah. I'm like just like really just, I don't know. Like I don't take a lot of things. Sure. Which there's nothing wrong with that now that I'm learning more. But, but yeah, I've been going to a naturopath. A lot of my vitamin deficiencies are off. I have like big red blood cells, which huh. apparently makes me really indecisive and slow all the time and fatigued. And then vitamin B deficiency, vitamin D. I've, I'm deficient in all these things. So I'm yeah. hoping or at least telling myself that once I start taking these things yeah. that I'll feel better. Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that that's the case. But yeah. it's like You this, said you deal with it too? Yeah. Like, well, I dealt with it. I didn't realize I really dealt with it until... I think The Bachelor, honestly. Oh, I think really? before The Bachelor, I just never, I don't know, I didn't have sleeping issues. Then being in the mansion, I couldn't sleep at all. You know, because really? we're on like, yeah, you have like yeah. 10 bunk beds. At least yeah. I was in that room with 10 bunk beds, 10 yeah. guys. I had Clay Harbor on the bunk bed, like on the same one as me. And he's like 6'5". So his feet were in my bed. Everyone's snoring. No. So what I did was I went downstairs in where they do the rose ceremony yeah. they have a couch there and i took that couch out and that's where i slept if i could ever really? sleep yeah because i couldn't sleep wow. in the mansion that's rough yeah but then i got to a point this past year my life has been the whole i'm done not addressing health issues i'm stepping into them because i have realized the impact you know, personal and business stuff. And so that's when I got a sleep study done yeah. where they monitor sleep apnea. I don't have sleep apnea. And I went through all these things with specialists and they just said it could be a bunch of things. They they think it's either anxiety or ADHD. And then they prescribe me trazodone for when I need it. Mm -hmm. When I need it, I take it. I feel fine. I sleep great. Monitor my sleep with my whoop. And then recently I had realized, we could do a whole episode just on this, that I wanted to explore that anxiety or ADHD thing. So I went to like all these specialists yeah. and I found out I have ADHD. Really? Yeah. Which wow. is crazy. So I went my that'll, whole yeah, life. Yeah, that'll do it. But, but then they talk about, you know, it's all about exploring like your past. So as a kid, I, had, I was on like 15 teams. I went 100 miles an hour and that was like a mechanism to cope with it. And one of the things she said is like, are you a jack of all trades or a master of one? I'm like, I'm the definition of a jack of all trades. She's like, that's a lack of focusing. And there, I mean, I could do a whole episode on this, but it's funny 
how as you kind of get older in life, some of these things come up. And even when you're like adverse to medication, which I, I usually am too, I try to do everything I can before that, you start to realize like your health is everything yeah. and especially sleep. Like if you don't get your sleep, you're dysfunctional. You can't do anything. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wild thing. Let's, let's end the conversation on this with, with this. What has been the best solution for you yet? And like, what is your plan with how to deal with some of these insomnia issues you're having? I just said, as soon as I sat down a second ago, I don't think we were recording yet. Yeah. But you're like, how's your year? And I was like, I'm in my health era. I, I think it's going to be lifestyle. Okay. Incorporating foods that like just clean, super clean foods cleaner lifestyle. Like I need to slow down. I think mine, my sleep has dealt with anxiety a little bit too. So just like slowing down, journaling, doing things that feel good for me. Okay. And I even noticed just in my career, once I start doing that and stop trying to follow all the trends and what everybody's doing and having FOMO and missing out. Once I do my own thing, I do so much better anyway. So this is the year of, of Hannah. That was my word this year. I was like, Hannah, every year it's been this and this and this. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to do me. And I feel like I thrive so much better when I do that. That so. I've heard a lot of people talk about 2024 themes, resolutions, all these things. I've never heard someone say their name. I think that's a trading secret right there. All right. Well, good luck with that journey. Ew. Everyone will be following it. We got this shit. We got okay? this. We got We're this. Sleep. We, we are going to sleep. All right. Let's talk a little bit about you know, before The Bachelor. So I saw you finish third runner up 2015 in the Miss Alabama USA pageants. And in 2016, third runner up, 2017, first runner up. In 2017, it said you competed against Hannah Brown. I got to ask you, then, when you went into The Bachelor, you knew exactly who Hannah Brown was. Yes. So yeah, I, I tried out pageants for a second because yeah. I was like, why not? Like whatever, I, maybe it would lead to more modeling opportunities and stuff. Was that the strategy? Um, Go into pageants to get more modeling opportunities? Yes. And, okay. there, and there's a whole thing before that, okay. which we could probably dabble into. But yeah, for a second there, I was like, let me try modeling and see how that goes. And obviously in Alabama, there's only so many opportunities, mm-hmm. really. Like there's not like a huge entertainment industry and things like that. It's like, if you want to put your name out there, pageants. So I tried some. I got first runner up and Miss Congeniality, I will say, which I'm so proud of, (laughs) which is like they vote and they say you're like nice or cool or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) You'll take it. It's good for the resume. I don't know. I brag about it sometimes. That's all I got. But that year, I I got that. And then Hannah Brown, I I don't know what she had placed that year. But then I stopped. I was like, I'm done with pageants. I'm going to move to LA and try to figure this stuff out. Okay. And the next year, Hannah Brown won. Oh, interesting. Which was funny. So then that year, we all show up on the show. And I was like, wait, didn't you win? Yeah. Like the next year. And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so funny. That is so interesting. Talk to me a little bit about the business though. So you finished third, you finished third, you finished first runner up. When you finish in place, like in a pageant, do you get paid? No. Well, I I actually don't know. Like if you win Miss, like if you came in second, so you came in second place. Do you get paid like a second place prize? I yeah. don't think so. You just pay money to be part of it. So you pay to get into the pageant. Yes. And like pageant lessons and then like dresses. What are, wait, what are pageant like lessons? Like how to walk and you how You learn to, how to walk and yeah. stuff like that. There's like a whole strategy behind it. A lot of the girls I was competing with, they were like, we've done this our whole lives. Like they were in like little toddlers and tiaras kind of yeah, things. Like those I, shows, yeah. I truthfully had no clue what I was doing. I was like, let me just try like whatever. Um, because in the meantime, I don't know if I even consider myself a huge pageant girl in yeah. a sense, because I was just like, what am I doing here? Like this, it was so fun and I learned a lot, but I just hadn't been doing it my whole life like a lot of other people. 
but my journey kind of getting to it was like I started in photography. Okay. And kind of working with brands and helping shoot weddings. Like that was what I was went to college wanting to study was photography. And then from there, I started working with clothing and helping boutiques kind of on the brand side of things. Sure. And I created my space as a marketing manager. And basically, it was when social media and Instagram was just popping up. And they were like, we need models. And I would sometimes get other girls to model for me. Like I would be shooting them in these cute clothes, high in fashion and all this stuff. And, and I was like, okay, let me just shoot you. And then sometimes they're like, Hannah, get in the shot. And I was get, like, okay, get, get whatever. Get away from behind the camera. Get I mean, whatever. So I was yeah. like, okay, let me try. And then it got to the point where I literally just get my mom to like on the weekends and be like, okay, I have to shoot these clothes for this mm -hmm. brand. Like, will you shoot this for me? So my mom was shooting me and then I was posting it and I was like doing all this marketing stuff and graphics and website and all this stuff and tagging brands at the time was crucial. Okay. So I was working for a boutique and I'd be like, hey guys, Hannah just wore your brand or we have a model <laughs> that just wore your brand. Is there any way you could tag our company and also tag the model? Her name is Hannah G11. And so I was working for this company and getting them engagement mm -hmm. and views and selling product for them. But at the meantime, I was like, oh, what if I can kind of like almost be my own modeling agent in a sense? Like, and I was getting tagged by these giant brands which at back then you would get followers for yeah. doing that. Not these days you get tagged by a brand. Nothing. You happens. don't really get yeah. followers. Yeah. But back then it was like a different time on Instagram. So I'd be like, yeah, make sure to tag our model. Thanks. And yeah. they would tag me. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was kind of developing my own little space sort of and, and modeling and just literally whatever. I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. But I was doing that and then also helping this boutique sell their stuff too. Interesting. Um, so yeah. Kind of genius. All right, let me ask you just a couple more things before we get into when The Bachelor finds you. You worked in social media. What can you make in a career like that before you started getting into everything that you're doing today? Before the fact, before, yeah, before I went on the all show that, and like everything? Just working behind the scenes in social media strategy. Back then, it was like the Wild West. Okay. Some brands, I'll do an example. This one bag brand, There, I don't even think... UGC was something back then, like sure. user generated content. Like that wasn't, I don't even know if that was a phrase back then. I don't think so. But people would reach no. out and they were like, Hey, we love your photography. We see, we've seen some of the work you've done. Could we pay you? I think I'll just say a random number. I think it was something around this. They were like 3000 for you to create or shoot all of our line of bags. And you can also hire models if you want or get a photographer and you can be the model. Okay. But like, here's all of our bags. We're going to ship them all to you. Make sure you ship them back. Yep. And I was like, okay, cool. And in my head, I'm like, well, I don't want to have to hire a model for this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the model and I'll take the budget for it. Uh, so I would get my mom to literally come in. It was a winter collection. And so we went to some park and I was sweating and I was wearing this like <laughs> giant sweater. And I'm like <laughs> at my mom. She's like my best friend. Yeah. I'm like, try to hold it like this. I would like position it. And she's like, I can't get it. I'm like, you got this. <laughs> and I'm like sweating and like holding these different bags. They turned out amazing. And they were so happy with it. And it was just funny because I would hire myself as the model, but I would also position the photos and like aperture and like make everything look good and sure. edit it after. But back then, that's kind of what I was doing. And then sometimes the company would just, I'd be like, I'd like reach out to people okay. or a brand and I'd be like, hey, would love to have a piece of your clothing yeah. and I'll shoot a photo in it for you to use. Like it was, yeah. they didn't even want to be on my page. Sure. I didn't have enough yeah. followers. And they're like, okay, cool. So they'd, I get a free shirt out of it, whatever. Um, that was that. So, what, yeah. Like, like what, what, if you had to guesstimate how much you were making at this time, like 50 grand doing this a year, you think? 75? I was really easing into that side of it. While I was doing 
So I was a marketing manager for a second. Okay. And then after that, I was able to start doing modeling full time. Okay. And with that, I was making probably around 150 grand a year. And then in the meantime, since it wasn't every single day, I was able to start taking on these social media deals and like when I was modeling, I was making it look like I was doing something cool, but yeah. I really, I'm just behind the scenes, like hustling, being like, hi, I'd love to shoot for you guys. Like if you guys need a model for free, like what I'm just trying to figure out how it works and get my name out there. But yeah, it was just, Hannah I, G, I had no clue what I was doing. Boss though. You're, you're doing modeling full time, doing around 150, then you're side hustling. And how old are you at this point? I, this was probably the year before I went on the show. I was, So you're I like 21. 21, 22. Social media is not what it is today. Now today we know the monetization. It's very black and white. Everyone talks about it. Before then it was like a game and an art and no one was even doing social media really at like high levels. And you're doing like over 200 grand then uh, around. Oh, I mean, I, I was, I, I have no clue exactly how much modeling was my main source. Yeah of income and then getting these other like opportunities in between, it was really varying. Like I wasn't really charging honestly a lot for social media posts. I was just getting my name out there. Yeah. But it's still like, yeah, my take, I'm like, I'm blown away by that. That's, that's side of hand. I didn't know she was her own agent at 22. All right. So then talk to me about how did the bachelor find you? What was that brought? Did you apply? Did they see one of your, you know, modeling shoots? I mean, I do feel like everybody who competes at Miss Alabama is going to get a call at some point, but like, how did they find you? So I had been single for like, I don't know, like a a year and a half or two years or something like that. So I, I did an internship in LA one summer. Okay. That was like my graduation gift. It was one month of rent in LA. <laughs> I love and that. there I lived in a two bedroom with five girls and we like shared beds and everything like that. They were literally the best roommates ever. Shout out to them. I'm obsessed <laughs> with them. I love it. But while I was there, we always would watch The Bachelor and they're like, Hannah, like you should literally go on. And I'm like, like I, me, like I would literally never make it like, that doesn't make sense. But sure. we, it was like our inside joke every okay. single time. Because most of them, I think all of my roommates at the time were in relationships. I'm curious now, what seasons were you watching when they said that? I wonder what season it was. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like Ben Higgins season? This this would have been the summer before I got casted. So that would be the, Ari's the season, summer, right? Two seasons before. I think it might have been Ari's. So Ari, you're watching Ari's season. They're yeah. telling you, you got to go on. And then what happens? And I'm like, LOL, that would never happen. <laughs> and... Time goes by, like whatever. And I mean, the show at the time was just so big. Like yeah. anybody who's single and kind of cute, they're like, you just sign up for The Bachelor. Sure. Like it was just so big. And that's what people told single people. I feel like it was just like, yeah, sign up, ha. Huh? And I was with my very best friend after after I moved away from LA. I was so upset leaving LA, but I couldn't afford it at all. So I was like, okay, gotta go. Going home to continue modeling and things like that. And I was hanging out with my best friend and she has this beautiful pool at her family house and we're hanging out, had a bunch of mimosas, like way too many. (laughs) We were like laying there. We're like, should we just make a video? Like whatever. It's like a few questions. Sure. Like who cares? At first I've been like, no, whatever. And she was like, let's just do it. Like who cares? She's still, she was my maid of honor. She's like biggest hype woman ever. Like she's the coolest ever and the best. And so we made a video and sent it in. And then I heard back and they're like, yeah, we want to meet you. And I had to go to Atlanta and they handed me this bag and they're like, we want to meet you. Like, we don't even really need to do this interview here. Yeah. Like, they just handed me a bag. And they're like, make sure to hide the bag yeah. that you're holding or whatever mm-hmm. at this place in Atlanta where yeah. everybody else was trying out. And I was like, okay. I don't know. I was like, what's going on? So, sure. And then from there, I, I, did, I somehow 
ended up on the on show. The show. I, and so, it was insane. The whole process is insane. You get on the show after a few mimosas. That's Colton season for everyone listening. Season 23 of The Bachelor. You finish. You're a fan favorite. You blow up. And a lot of people, pretty much everyone was like, you or Tasha were going to be the bachelorettes. Like that was it. Did they talk to you about being the bachelorette? Did you go through the interview process? Did you think you would have been? What did that look like? Yeah. So they had been having discussions about it, even like while I was on the show, they're like, if you went to get it, like, would you be mm-hmm. interested? And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. who knows? Like, I don't know if he's going to choose me or whatever. And then after the show, it was so quick. Like, we're doing the live show. I don't even think at that point they had chosen The Bachelorette. Or maybe they have. Essentially, I'm at home and they're like, okay, yeah, we want to, like, interview you for The Bachelorette. They fly you out, take your blood work, like, all that stuff. Yeah. You interviewed for Bachelor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whole so thing, yeah. it was, like, the whole thing. The they fly you out, print, all stuff. do all that stuff. And then I got home and I actually got a call from Demi. And she was like, hey. And like, she, I, I love Demi, but she was like, she was like, Hey, so question, like, have you heard back yet? Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, I was interviewing. And I was like, really? Oh my God, that's so fun. <laughs> I was like, I wish I would have known you were out there at the same time. Like, that's funny. And I was like, well, did you get it? And she was like, no, like me and Kaylin, like we both didn't get it. I was like, what? Oh, Kaylin too, right. She Apparently. Was, oh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't, t- I should yeah. talk to Kaylin about yeah. it. But I think she was like, I mean, Kaylin, like we didn't get it. I was like, what? I was like, Holy cow. I was like, I wonder who it's in between. Like me and Tasha, me and Hannah. Like, I don't really know. Yeah tell you anything but they sent me the contract I signed the contract I had a whole shot list plan of where to shoot in Birmingham and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but yeah you know I had a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. about it I think anybody going into it does or I would I would possibly think they would I feel like I'm really good at being myself and I think even on the show it seemed like I was more timid Mm -hmm. but really just because I'm not like dramatic like calling people out sure. stuff, like, like I'm just You're not, not really like mix. that yeah and if I try to act like that I fully lose myself yeah. like I try to stay with authentic me and some people are more comfortable doing that sure I'm just not yeah and yeah so I was getting excited about it and I was like honestly if it doesn't happen like it's okay it's fine yeah and yeah I, I feel like the way it happened is so they came to my house and we were about to film like the next day mm-hmm. But then they were also down the street the next day at Hannah Brown's house. And I think I had seen. Do you guys live that close to each other? Probably about 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. 35 minutes. So it was easy to tell. And I think I, I, I feel like it happened. Like, I think I saw like a reality Steve post how they were filming for Hannah Brown. I was like, oh, wait, that's funny. They hadn't film, filmed for yeah. mine yet. And I'm like, oh, wait, this might be the answer. And they called. They're like, yeah, like you didn't get it. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. But truly like Hannah Brown's season was so yeah, iconic. She, she killed it. And yeah. she needed that role. Like, yeah. it, I, I think I would have been worried that I would have lost myself yeah. too much in that because I'm, I'm just not outgoing as much. Sure. Or I am outgoing, but I'm not like sassy in, in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Hannah Brown was able to like own it and be like, you, no. Like, and right. I'm just more like, a little bit more reserved. Chill with yeah, it, yeah. Which probably would have not been as good TV. But. Interesting. But it's like, I don't know that I've heard that someone's come that close to like, they're even filming and then there's like a potential switch. That's kind of crazy. When they did that though, did you have, because you think about the way The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise has propelled your personal, financial, and business life, all aspects. Did you consider maybe not going to Paradise because of that? I feel like honestly, and even the same with going on The Bachelor, I wasn't thinking through these things a lot. Like, I think I was just more like, Going oh my gosh, flow. I got it. Like, holy cow, that's cool. Like, and, and the same with Paradise. Like, I was like, oh, another fun adventure. Like, I had a 
relatively good experience on the first show and like likable and like all my friends are going to the beach. Like, why not? And that was kind of as deep as it was. Like, mm. I was like, maybe if I meet somebody cool, but like also like it's the beach. Like, you're just like, whatever. What like, else am I going to do yeah. this summer? Like, I was doing not? modeling gigs and now ABC is knocking on my door. This is cool. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, it, cool. it wasn't that deep. I, I wish I would have taken more time to like think through everything. Yeah. But I was like on a high from everything. I was like, wow, that was so much fun. It's always, it's always, the grass is always greener because I'm the opposite, right? I think about like every little thing. I'm such an overthinker. I overanalyze. And when I almost went on paradise, I didn't go because of the overthinking. I'm like, well, if I go, I knew I would lose my job. I don't know. I just got out of this bachelorette unscathed. Like, do I really want to roll the dice? Like I thought so much and then said no, which is interesting. But that's, it's funny how all that works out. You know what I mean? There's sometimes a method to the madness is not having a method. And then like you said, you're like, well, I wish I thought about that more. So I think that the conclusion is grass is always greener, but you go on paradise. You end up with Dylan. You guys get engaged. You're now married post bachelor world has absolutely blown up for you. And we're getting to some of the branding strategies, but I just want to quickly ask you from that point on, when you guys got engaged, I could be wrong here, but I feel like you and Dylan haven't really been in the bachelor nation mix as much. Tell me, I could, again, like you're, I don't think like cameos on the show and stuff like that. Is that accurate? Or if so, why do you think it's accurate? Like what's your overall disposition? Like with the show, do you guys still do stuff together? Like, how does that work? We are so insanely grateful for the show. Like, especially me. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, life changed. Just like, really, I I learned so much about myself and just a a really overall good experience with everything. But yeah, you know, I I think professionally, I just don't think I felt the need to be associated still with a Mm -hmm. show that I had done a while ago. I mean, obviously people are going to associate us because we literally got engaged on sure. the show and that's great. But I think that's probably like enough yeah. in a sense. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. We're not anti to like go to things like last week, for example, like we would have loved to attend the golden wedding, but Dylan was busy and I was like, yeah, he, I mean, cause Dylan's doing his own work stuff. Yeah, it's not course, like yeah, we're he's... both like, okay, let's go. Sure. TV time. Like yeah. Dylan is in a very different he space. Said, he, I asked him to do an event at, this week, actually. And he sent me his schedule. It's oh. insane. Oh, it's back to back. He has 40 calls a day. day. I'm like, how do you take this many calls? People don't realize how it's quite literally nonstop. And like, even at home, I'm like, hey, let me know when you have a 10 minute break so that we can, like, yeah. I can film something really yeah. quick because he's yeah. just talking on Zoom calls all day and stuff. But, but yeah, you know, with his work, it's not as important to be going to all of these events and stuff like that, which is really refreshing to me. Yeah. Because I do think sometimes people leave the show and they're like, okay, we have to stay. Sure. Stay in the buzz of everything. Yeah. But yeah, I've kind of liked doing... Your own thing. Yeah, I've kind of liked doing my were, own thing. Were you guys invited to the Golden Bachelor one? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. It yeah. just didn't work out. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this then. Between my... We've heard this a lot with reality TV stars coming on and then they try to get into like acting or other careers and they say how still connecting their business brand to reality TV can hurt them. In the modeling space, is that kind of the case? Like once you, because you've gotten to, and I mean, you're walking the big fashion shows, like you've really built an incredible brand. Does it actually hurt you if you step back in reality TV in the modeling world? That is definitely a, a reason yeah. why I've separated a little bit. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously like The Bachelor has been so helpful for so many reasons. Of course, yeah. But if I'm not still like currently on it, it has hurt 
some jobs before. Like, for example, like if a brand wanted me to be on a billboard or something as a model, they don't want to be associated with a reality dating TV show. Like if they're trying to push some, you know, like a women's empowerment thing or you you never know. Like there's all these other opportunities that I think, at least in the space I'm in, where I don't always need to be like, hey, remember me? I was also on The Bachelor. Like I think it was such a great part of my story. Yeah. And our story, me and Dylan's story. Of course. But, and I love talking about it because it's like just the craziest thing I've ever done. (laughs) But but like branding wise, like I kind of like to be able to dabble in my own passions, which is fashion and beauty and like that taken really seriously and not like, oh, she's just relevant because she was doing this however many years ago. Like I've kind of tried to create my own story and yeah. space for it. And you have, you have created your own story. You've done it extremely successfully. It, it's clear you're beyond grateful for everything the show gave to you. Used it as a jumping off point to do your own thing. You're now doing your own thing. You're doing it extremely successfully. I want to ask you a little bit about that strategy because most people go on The Bachelor, almost 99%. You go on The Bachelor, you get your spike in following and the goal is to maintain and then eventually it's going to fall off and you're going to lose followers. You've done the opposite. You've gone on, got a huge spike, and then you've grown all your following. You've grown what I'm going to assume is your rate card. You've grown your income, your brand, all those things. What strategies have you deployed to do that? And how have you done it so well? Because you've done it in a category of your own from people that have come from the Bachelor franchise. Yeah, I want to be like, I have no clue. But I, I do know. But like, truly, like, luck. I... Just pure there was luck. not There was not a, a giant strategy with all of it. I think a lot of it starts with the passion of everything. Like I was doing this and staying up till 2 a.m. Not because of my insomnia, but (laughs) for the the show, because I I loved looking at fashion and beauty and magazines and getting in that space and editing photos for people and for brands. Like I genuinely loved that space and I've worked from a brand side too. And I, I know that I would have been doing something in that space if it weren't for going on the show mm-hmm. and it taking off in that way. But yeah, it's genuinely my passion, all yeah. of it. And maintaining it, I don't think is always looking for the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And also I love trends here and there, but not just doing things that are trendy because it does well for a day, Yeah, but really building that community and really just kind of like living a life that I genuinely love. Yeah. And kind of hoping that others do the same. Like I like the, I I love when people come up and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're friends. Like what's, what's up? How's it going? Like that is, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, yes, people could get paid for this and things like that. But what's fulfilling to me is that my community feels Mm -hmm. like I'm being authentic and like I'm their big sis or their little sister. If they already have a sister, then just a friend. Like, I love that I can be that for people and sure. kind of give advice and not be taking myself too seriously all the yeah. time. Like, yeah, I'll be doing a cool event or at a cool whatever sometimes, but the wardrobe mal- malfunction on the way to an event is what, is people, what people like more. To. They don't yeah. care if I'm at a red carpet, red carpet whatever. Like, it's yeah. fun for me to do that yeah. sometimes. But when I'm at home, like, joking around, like, hanging yeah. out, like, being quirky and stuff, like, that's what I think stands out and really builds good community, which I'm so grateful for. I agree with that. I think there's some people actually from the franchise who have done the the style of only posting red carpets, only posting when they're with celebrities, not showcasing these quirky moments. 
And I actually think it's the opposite. I think it's a massive turnoff because how is that relatable? While the red carpet and stuff are part of your life, I think like opening up about the malfunction or the shit show behind the scenes is like really what connects people. And it's interesting for you. That's what's worked. I don't know. Like as I'm taking a, like I'm listening to you, it feels as though like your strategy is like to not have a strategy. It's just to like pursue your curiosities and open up where you can, which is so different than I feel like most, which is interesting. Um, Do you agree with that? I mean, it's like almost like not a strategy. I love how you worded it. Yeah. I think it's just funny that the time I feel best about my content is when everybody's kind of in on the inside joke that I'm putting out. Like I'm not trying to like plan out everything perfectly. Like it, it just does better if I slow down. And that's why I'm literally this year. I'm like, I'm slowing it down. Like that's enough. Like People don't care to see me doing these crazy things. Yeah. Like I love that I can embrace where I'm at, mm-hmm. no matter where I'm at. And I know like a lot of my followers, like I want them to be able to do, to do the same. Yeah. Like you can thrive at home. Like, I don't know. It's just. I, I agree with that. I think one of the issues in this space of slowing down, at least I could speak from my experience is when you, it feels like if you slow down, this space moves so fast that you're and there's so much competition that you're going to be left behind. And I think that's one of the concerns with, I think a lot of people back home, you see us all over and posting and we're traveling and you're doing this and that. I do think there's a little bit of that motivation. Like if I don't keep up with it, someone else will, and then I'll be gone. Like, I don't know that at least that is something that I deal with. I don't know if you feel that at all. Yep. Yep. It's that. And you can also, it, I think it's the space in general. It's really easy to kind of get lost yeah. And like, I, I always say like my proudest thing is like, I never left my couch in Alabama. My mom and I, we would, I would always talk about my, my biggest dreams ever, like on this couch in our little like condo in Alabama. I was like, oh, maybe one day I can do this and this. And she would just talk through things with mm-hmm. me. And I still view everything from that couch. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain, like, like things are still exciting to me. Like, sure. and whenever I get a cool opportunity, like, I don't want it to lose its excitement. And I love that I can still feel really grateful and appreciative of all of these opportunities because I'm still looking at things from like this younger version of myself. And it, and I even just content that I put out there, like it's easy to be like, okay, if they're doing this and it does well, I should do that. It's like, no, no. What would the younger, like my true grounded self, what do they want to see and what would inspire them? If somebody's out here bragging that they have this and this and this, like, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Like what makes her feel good? I'm mm-hmm. t- pointing to my... To husband. little Hannah. Yeah, to yeah. little Hannah. Little Hannah. And I'm very protective over little Hannah. Yeah. And that's the perspective I I look at whenever I do anything, especially in this space because it's it's overwhelming and it's amazing and it's great. But I, I am talking to all the little Hannahs out there. So. I love that. I think that's so cool because it's such a world in which you could be comparing yourself to others and always trying to do what other people are doing. And then you lose yourself and then you also lose everything you're trying not to, your your health and your time. But I think one of the concerns about slowing down, at least one of my concerns, especially as it connects to this podcast, is like, how does that impact me financially? So I'm curious from your standpoint, you got 1.6 million followers on Instagram. It looks like 1.1 million followers on TikTok, 150,000 on YouTube. You have a blog, you do modeling, and then you have business ventures like the SETI app. When you think about Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, blogging, modeling, and then side business ventures, how would you rank? Like, what are the top three that bring in revenue for you? They, br- they bring in revenue in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest deals that I get are on Instagram. Okay. And stories and posts and things like that and creating and stuff. Mm-hmm. TikTok, 
I think is really valuable because I've been able to show obviously video content, but like this quirkier side of me, yeah. which is just literally how I am with my friends. Like I'm treating it like a FaceTime kind of on TikTok, which is so valuable. And that creates income in, in a different way, kind of. I mean, there are brand deals on TikTok, but I... I like it more for community growing. Like I, I feel like I can grow there, I guess. So you make more on Instagram, but you build more of a community on TikTok. Yes. And I also notice like I'll lose random number. I'll lose 3,000 Instagram followers in a week, but I gain 3,000 followers in a week. And I think that those are coming probably from TikTok, mm. which is great for me because I'm like, I'm getting like the people that are leaving, yeah. people that don't, don't care about my content, which is great. Like if you don't care about my content, that's it's great to like weed out and like, yeah. I really want to grow a strong community, but the ones coming in are, are new and interested and that's exciting to me. And then YouTube, I love YouTube personally. I think it's just longer form, like just for me to babble on and like talk about whatever yeah. and kind of no filter zone. That's cool. Like. Different, different places for different things. So would it say like, okay, Instagram or modeling, which do you make more in? You had to think about it, which is more profitable. Instagram. Interesting. And then do you think modeling is like right under it? Instagram, TikTok, modeling, maybe. Interesting. Well, you know, with modeling is, or what I like about Instagram and TikTok is I can show my personality. Sure. Modeling, modeling it's, it's, very black it's more and white. like your face, right? Yeah. Like, or even which you, is fine. You mentioned, you said it earlier in the interview, you said five, you're like, I'm five, six. I can't be running, a, doing a walkway. Now, someone like me who doesn't really understand that, I was like, what do you mean? Are you saying like, do you have to have like if you are taller, if you're six foot plus, are you then making more and get more runways? Generally, I mean, wow. I was told no by every agency. Miami, New York, LA. I, I went multiple times. Like I had a full on breakdown in New York and I couldn't even afford to get there. My aunt, who was so sweet, like bought us a bus ticket. My me, my mom and I to New York because they lived up north and... I remember like, I was like, this is my big time. Like, I'm going to go try it out. And I went to all these agencies. Every single one said no. And so when everybody was saying no, I was like, okay, I'm going to become my own modeling agent, sort of, for a second. And like, tag people on Instagram. Everybody thinks I'm a model. I'm not a model. I'm just wearing clothes. I can't afford the clothes. So I'm just borrowing them from the store. It's good for the store. It's good for the brand. And then it looks like I'm modeling for a company. It's yeah. all an illusion. And then I ended up getting signed to smaller agencies and Nashville yeah. in Atlanta, which were cool, but all the bigger, big time agencies still to this day, I've never been signed to one. Do you know why they said no? Like, do they give you feedback? Height was always big. That's so Height, interesting. And then if they have, if this was before I had gone on the show, they're like, I mean, for a five, five, seven, whatever blonde, it's like the people whose parents were big time actors or okay. they have a big social media following. Like that was kind of the space I was in. They're like, yeah, we already have blondes. What like, a weird Or, or they're, they're from overseas and okay. we need to pay for their visas. So like we have, we're booking them for these jobs. Yeah. Versus somebody like me who I'm like, yeah, I could figure it out. And in my head, I'm like, I have literally no clue how I'd be able to afford living here, but I would figure it out. Yeah, but, but what I don't, so I try and think business, okay? You assign someone who you think could be successful and that's going to bring money in. You at 22, before you had millions of followers and a ton of pop culture fame, we're making 150 grand off modeling. With a couple million followers and a ton of pop culture fame, you'll be making, I would assume, in seven figures plus off modeling. Wouldn't they just see the potential in the dollars and cents and sign you? I don't know. I, I it, it is. It's a bizarre industry. It's interesting. Huh? And yeah, and I think modeling is changing a lot too. I mean, for 
those days are eight hour long days. And they say, okay, like, so basically for, for my first modeling thing, I had basically a year long contract with somebody okay. where I went every week and I would shoot for three days for like eight hours. Okay. And then that contributed a lot towards how much I was making for modeling at the time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was like random. Like you're like, okay, I'll go. And they're like, okay, we'll throw you a thousand bucks today. Like it was really just like not consistent, like all over the place kind of things. But okay. I think that's still how modeling is now is I don't think because I have a following now that I would get paid more for modeling because it's such a gray area yeah, because they so... want me to post it too. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe there's an agency too that also does modeling. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. It's all a gray area now. When you walk down the runway, do you get paid to walk down the runway? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And like get like a range, less than 10,000? Around. Around that amount? Yeah. And then some of the biggest models, I assume get paid a ton. For like, the big, like big, what, big you, what brands, is the biggest big number models? I mean, they get you've paid heard a lot. from someone like like a big model, not yourself, like a big model. What is the largest amount you've ever heard someone get paid to walk a runway? I mean, if you have like big people like Kendall Jenner or something, I yeah. mean, I like millions? I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to make up numbers, but like I'm sure she's doing well for that catwalk for yeah, sure. Of course, <laughs> I would actually I would love to look it up right now. Isn't that interesting? I've heard I numbers, know. but I'm scared if I say one, then people are gonna look it up and be like, "That was so wrong, Hannah." But yeah, she's definitely she's doing great. Like, yeah, you know? totally. But for somebody like me, like I'm just shorter, like girl next door. Like I was doing ecom type of modeling, mm-hmm. like posing goes on the website. It all sells out. And then the next week they have all new clothes. And that's kind of the modeling that I was doing. Music okay. videos here and there and stuff. But yeah. When you think about what's next for Hannah and you think about how hard and stringent that industry could be, like, do you, is modeling 100% the direction you want to go into? Or like, what does the kind of career mosaic look like for Hannah G moving forward? I love modeling. And if I could do more modeling, that would be great. I don't want to rely on modeling yeah. at all. I love that I can kind of control what my day-to-day looks like and my brand and who I am through social media. I think it's really exciting. Business is more the direction I would like to be moving in. I've invested in some companies and things like that. Real estate, I'm really looking into. I thought about being a real estate agent for a second, but that's a different. I could see you on Selling Sunset. (laughs) <laughs> very interesting we're oh friends yeah with them. what's his name's good dylan's good friends with the Oppenheim. no we're, we love them yeah we love them but thought Would about you, is that know. a possible move for you <laughs> i had us like shut up don't well, ask me that stay tuned I'm stay tuned <laughs> but, okay but yeah i thought about real estate for a second but business is like kind that that's like i envision myself really taking this cool opportunity i have and um, creating a really cool business around it. Like, yeah. I, I, I love, love doing social media and stuff and I would love yeah. to do it forever and ever and ever. I love it. But I I don't know if that's um, a possibility. So business is yeah. in treating that like my baby instead of treating myself like the star of the show all the time. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's the long-term plan is like get invested in other companies so that you can build outside of just your brand in case, who knows, Instagram flips the switch off or TikTok flips the switch off. Like who knows how that'll happen? Who knows it'll work? Let me do this. Let me get at least, it, it can be any number. You could say $1. I don't care. I just need one number from you. When you think about your career after the show, what has been either the most surprising like payday you got, the biggest year, the best investment, the best deal. When I say think about a dollar amount, any dollar amount, it could be a check, you got anything. 
What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about your career after the show? Truly, it's insane, the stuff I've been able to do. Like still every day, I'm, I'm telling you, I pinch myself and it's all so great. But the biggest thing, and I will say this for the rest of my entire life, and it is a reason why I do what I do is moving my mom out from Alabama. That was like truly the best day of my entire life. It changed my life. Wow. So, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, Where did so, you move your mom to? So she was in Alabama. She okay. was working literally way too many hours a week, 60 hours a week at Lens Crafters mm -hmm. in a mall. And, you know, just living in Alabama. And then I was going back and forth. I was like, oh my gosh, if I could do it, I'll do it. Like I, I like kept, I was like, next year I'll be able to do it next year. And we were like so scared. And then I found a place down the street for me in San Diego. Yeah. And that day I was like, why don't you just put in your notice? Like, let's just do it. And she wow. was like, okay. So then I, yeah, I was able to move her out and she loves San Diego. That's my biggest accomplishment ever, wow. ever, ever, ever. I hung out with her last night. We watched movies together. Like it, that's my greatest investment. She helps wow. me with finances and things like that too. But yeah, like that was the coolest thing I think I've ever That done. is so special. And like it put like you think about just a few mimosas sitting by the pool with your friend. Right. And then all this comes to fruition that you can afford to. I'm assuming here when you say move out, I'm assuming you bought your mother a place here in San Diego or helped working on working on buying a place. Okay. You, but I've right got now her into a rental place yes. to take care. I mean what but you she think has about, a view of the water too. Okay. So great. she's got a view of the water. And that was from your hard work. And you think about that coming from taking a shot over mimosas with a friend by a pool. It's just mine. And it's her. Like she was the one yeah. who always encouraged me. It's that couch, <laughs> that damn couch in Alabama. We <laughs> made magic there. And so she's always like, oh my gosh, like I'm so grateful for you. I'm like, girl, this was you. Like this was like, yeah, I like kind of got lucky thrown into all of this. Mm -hmm. But like this was, this was her. Like, so yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Something I got to talk about while I have you as we wrap, get towards the end here is my second book is called Talk Money to Me. And it's all about this idea of like love and money. So I want to talk about just a little bit. You just had the, I'm going to go on the record saying the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen in my life. Like that wedding was other than like that. the royal wedding, which is on huh? TV. That was absolutely stunning. So I have a couple wedding questions as we have a lot of people from the Money Mafia that are planning weddings. The first one would be, what is something you're happy that you splurged on for the wedding that was worth it? Like, you know how you have to spend a lot of money and these things are crazy. When you think about one thing, you're like, I don't know, should we do it or not? You did it. And you're like, hell yeah, that was the place to spend. Where would you say that was? I mean, besides the venue, which I think oh, venue, was just right. like yeah. pr pretty iconic for the whole week and stuff. The food was definitely an expense where I was like, whoa, but it ended up being so worth it and so good. And the service was amazing. But the whole food thing in general, I was like shocked. The food. Okay. Yeah. What is one thing you splurged on that you're like, we could have gone without that looking back at the way? It's really tricky because I, I feel like everything came together literally so beautifully yeah. and perfectly. But the only reason I'm going to say this one is because the venue itself was so beautiful, but like, like I think florals are so important, mm -hmm. but like, I think since the venue was so insane and beautiful, like it didn't have to have. Yeah. I them. think that's a good one. But I mean, I still loved them and they yeah. were perfect and beautiful and added the perfect touch. But if I had to choose something, maybe that because they yeah. are expensive and 
also the venue was just literally stunning. So yeah. Probably that. Grocery store Joe said that. He's like, flowers, man. They come in, they come out. I don't know. But those I agree. poor things Those die. things are gone and they, they are live and then they a die. whole lot of money. With how beautiful it is, did you guys from like a, a business perspective ever think about trying to get the wedding televised or was that definitely a no-no? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, we didn't care to get it televised. Right off the table. Yeah. Okay. And were you able to leverage like sponsorships from Instagram for the wedding? And was there like a lot? Of- you know, a little bit here and there. Like, yeah. honestly, we reached out to people and then just to hear what their prices were. And then a lot of people were like, yeah, we'd love to get it, give you a discount if you tag us. Like th- it was interesting that a lot of the people, they were the ones bringing up that yeah. they would want to do that. But we paid fully for photography video, like everything like that. And then we still obviously wanted to tag and support them. Of course, yeah. But yeah, we, there were a few vendors and stuff like that. It just totally worked out where we were able to tag them and the reach are my dress company that I worked with, Pronovius. They mm-hmm. were a dream to work with, like the best. Yeah. But they were tracking all of the analytics yeah. and stuff. And they said within the first week, it was like a 60 million reach from all the magazines and stuff like that. Our wedding. Your wedding did 60 We are not tracking million. it. Yeah. 60 million people have viewed this in a week, oh the first week my. after. And we're like, what? And in my head, I'm like, how do you even get all these numbers? But yeah, I, it was that is insane. Wild. So, yeah. after, the, after the wedding, did you guys see a spike in Instagram following and stuff? I, I wasn't really looking at yeah. followers a lot. I was so kind of like overstimulated. Like I couldn't even yeah. look at it because it was too much. Like I, I couldn't yeah. even believe it myself what had happened. Yeah. And then you forget like you have this big fun day and it was like literally insane. And then you have this whole other wave as an influencer where you're like, it's crazy. Oh my Isn't gosh. It? Now everybody's going to look at it. Yeah. So I remember the next day it was like, we didn't have anybody post until the following day at 6 p.m. Okay. Like the time change. And we had like a- Did you guys exclusive. have a people exclusive yeah. or something? Okay. And so we were like all planning all that. And I'm like sitting here and I was shaking. It was like 5.45 and I'm like having to choose the 10 photos that I want in the slide for yeah. me and Dylan. And I'm literally like, oh my gosh. I'm like, Dylan, give me a glass of wine. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and like, we had just gotten married. I'm already so like, what happened? Yeah. But like, I was like, I was like, Dylan, I feel like ill. Like I like am so nervous right now. Like we're about to, pre- and who cares? But it, it was just like, it's funny that I wasn't envisioning that when we planned a wedding. I'm just thinking of everything running smoothly. Of course. But no, after you have this whole other wave of people judging and pinpointing things. I'm like, what if people say, like, my dress is ugly? Or what mm-hmm. if people say, like, you know, this looked lame? Or like, you know, you're thinking of all that. So I posted it, phone down. And and then we were like, no, we got to yeah. be present for a second. And then I started looking stuff like at honeymoon. I was like yeah. looking through things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like people are saying it's cool. Like that's crazy. Like, Everything I saw, I mean, like when I saw the comments and stuff, I saw it's like 99.99%. This is the most gorgeous wedding I've ever, like the style, it. everything about it. The only thing that I saw that probably connects to this podcast is holy shit, how much <laughs> did that wedding cost? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> like, let me ask you this, and I'm going to give you three options, okay? Because I'm playing. I told Hannah, guys, back home, I said, you have a safe word. It's Dylan. You don't want to answer the question. You say Dylan because Hannah's like, listen, money talk's not my thing. But let me ask you this question, and you can answer one of three. It's going to say range of how much the wedding was. I'm going to hit a number, and you could say over, under, or I will give you an out to say Dylan, where you okay. don't have to answer. Is okay. that fair? Okay. Okay. I am going to say a range of. Let's go 400,000 over, under, or Dylan. Dylan. Oh, sorry. Damn. I know that's like really annoying. <laughs> I was so close, guys. I that did try. I did try. All right. If there's video footage, you might be able to see me calculating it or whatever, Ooh. which might be a hint. So okay. Where, would that fi- and- where is that video footage? 
And your YouTube? Right here. Oh, oh, If this oh. is videoing, yeah, I might have been like were this. Were you lip reading it? Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We so are going to get <laughs> a professional lip reader, and I'm a numbers guy, so I'm good at numbers, and then stay tuned to the recap. We're going to take a shot, and we're going to guess about it. Okay, I want to ask you about this. So love and money, the only thing I want to know is just in general, do you and Dylan have any type of either financial rules or systems or anything you do when it comes to just like managing the whole aspect of finances, even if it's like, you know, once a month we get together and talk about, do you guys have anything you swear by that works? You know, we're still trying to figure out everything too, because we just recently got married. I mean, we've been together for almost like five years now, but we keep everything pretty even. We do have conversations. I mean, this year, especially I was like with, since we just paid for a wedding, like we got to slow it down. Like, Christmas, like slow it down. Birthday, slow it down. Like he loves going all out and stuff. I'm like, truly like we need to be responsible. Yeah. So we both are really, I I think we're both on the same page with things. Like we're not trying to buy a bunch of extra stuff. Like we're already moved into our house. Like we don't need a bunch of furniture. Yeah. This year's hopefully our year to like take it slower to do date nights and and not like be spending all the time. But basically like we don't have any type of joint thing. Yeah. So like whatever he wants to purchase and buy. He earns he can. It and spends, yeah. Same with me. And cool. then we have an in-between one that will go towards like water bills and things like that. Yeah. And all in mortgage and stuff. But other than that, like we kind of keep our stuff separate. Yeah. That's, I mean, what, what I think about, like, I think every situation has to be customized, but I think about two people working. I think the best system is if they're both working, especially full time, have your own individual stuff, agree on an amount that makes sense to contribute to a slush fund. And that amount can change of like what each person contributes based on their earnings. And in fact, I think it should be pro rata and then take that slush fund and then go do with what you want with it. Like, I think that's a great system. That is awesome. All right. A little love and money from Hannah. So we're going to get into questions about the, from the money mafia, and then we're going to get your trading secret. But the last thing I got to touch on is your app, Hannah. It's the SETI app. I saw it in the iTunes store, 3.2K ratings at a 4.8 star. For anyone out there, to get that many ratings on an app is huge. And it's usually an indication of how the app performs in general. So, you know, first and foremost, what made you start the SETI app? So like I was saying earlier, I started in photography and I was in Alabama trying to make my photos look like I'm on this cool side street in New York when I definitely couldn't afford to fly there (laughs) just by editing and like being creative and having fun with it. And as I was thinking of kind of what businesses to start, because I I was like, okay, this is my year. I'm going to start a business. I was looking at all the different types of business. And honestly, so many things were oversaturated clothing and makeup and beauty and stuff like that. Like it was just, everything was so competitive and it kept popping up. I was like, what is my little superpower? And it's taking photos for people and making people feel good no matter where you are. And I was like, what if I started an app? And I was like, I don't know if that's possible. And no joke within a few weeks, I had these developers reach out and they're like, Hey, we're building apps. We're looking to possibly team up with somebody, want to have an early conversation about it. And I was like, yes, turned out they were so talented and so great. And basically we developed all of the filters, the branding, all of that. And they did all the like Apple and tech and type in your email and you'll get a free filter, like all that kind of stuff. And we created SETI and um, essentially it's supposed to be used to basically enhance what's already there. It doesn't edit or change anything. It's like wherever you are in the world, you don't have to be in Europe all the time. Like you can kind of embrace living 
if you're a nurse in Alabama or if you're a teacher in Minnesota, like you can kind of have this chance to be creative and like feel really good about it. So I it's been fun. That. Yeah. That's it. I think oh, the first person I think about, my mom needs this app because my mom goes on Facetune and she does like way too much. She's like, come on, edit this. I'm like, mom, and you're we need beautiful. Subtle edit. You don't need this. Subtle, subtle edit. The, yeah. other, the other thing I think this is such a good tool for is, you know, right now we know we're in a studio. Mark Colster's here. He's an audio engineer and a video engineer. You guys go check him out on Twitter. His Twitter's hilarious, but he's doing the lighting, the 4K zoom. I mean, like you think about what goes into this. It's a lot. People that are nurses, that are teachers, that want a good photo, they don't have a set to do this. So I assume if they're taking photos from anywhere, they could just use one of your filters and it makes it look kind of like it was done in a studio. Is that a good assumption? Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, you can kind of create a vibe out of wherever you are. And I just, I just felt like there wasn't really that in the whole photo editing space. And we've been able to really build a community of people that use it and love it and feel like it really enhances their photos and their day-to-day stuff, which is really exciting. More stuff about Hannah G you guys didn't know. An entrepreneur owns her own business and started it. Let me ask you this. I got to get into business structure for just a second. The developers came to you. Did you end up paying developers? Or did you split like an equity deal with them? We were able to figure out and coordinate a deal, like an equity, equity type deal. partnership cool. with it, which has been really great and useful. So that's been fun. I think the next year we're really excited to amp it up. We've tested out merch and things like that, which has been really fun and a huge learning experience Uh, because getting clothing, especially made in the US and quantities and everything, it's been really complicated. Yeah. So it was fun to kind of test it under the app. But um, really the app is like what we're excited to grow the team with and focus on that. So. That is so cool. Okay, I got one more question about the app. 3.2 thousand ratings at 4.8 reviews. How does that translate? Like, how many users do you guys have? We have had, I think we're almost at like 700,000 downloads. Okay, wow. And we have a monthly subscription and a yearly subscription. The yearly one's like $34.99. So we're really, really excited and proud of the community that we've created with it. And we're just excited to grow it and like bring out a bunch of new filters and also do things that haven't been done in the photo editing space, like really go the more community route and almost teaching people how to take photos because it's, I mean, everybody's using Instagram, but there's not a lot of like showing you how to get that shot. A lot of it's like, here's our filters, like go for it. I would love to kind of be that person to like, almost like the big sis to help you learn how to take cool and cute photos where you feel confident. So I love it, guys. I just want to put this out there. Test study in the, in this time that Hannah just answered that I downloaded it, downloaded it for free, uploaded a photo and edited it. That's how quick this thing was (laughs) and how easy it was to use. I mean, you're absolutely nailing it. This is a really cool app guys. Go check it out. And Hannah, before I transition over to the money mafia questions, we just have a few that we like get through here. But I got to say, you got 700,000 users here paying a monthly and, and, and annual subscription. By the way, I want to put this out there, guys. At $34.99, that's $2.91 a month. So think about it. You do one photo, that's worth it. Go check it out. But between the blogging, the vlogging, the Instagram, the TikTok, the modeling, the business entrepreneurship, Hannah, you're crushing it. You are absolutely 
crushing it. Thank so you. congratulations on your, I know if I ask dollar amounts about how much you're crushing it, I'm going to get the Dylan answer. But what I could say from my analysis is congratulations, but Dylan. stay tuned to the recap. Maybe we'll take a couple shots and guess, but before we get into your trading secret, I have a couple questions for the money mafia. We could do a little rapid fire if that's cool with you. Perfect. So the first one from the money mafia is would Hannah get into acting? I could see her as a famous actress. Would you get into acting? I actually totally would. I, I've yeah. been saying for the longest time, I would love to be in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. So if you know anybody, okay. I, I also need to practice. Okay. We did like a joking, like joke thing on TikTok yeah. where Dylan was like acting like he was in a Hallmark movie and I was too. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I actually would need a lot of work. Yeah. But I would love to do something like that. I think it'd be fun. Okay. Possibly acting. Someone said you're in San Diego. Where will you live next? I mean, we love San Diego a lot. It's funny. We just went to Miami and the whole time we were like, should we get property here? Like, I don't know if we'd want to live, live there all the time, but it would be cool to like get some real estate in Miami. Plus my best friend lives there. Okay. There you go. There's the answer. Another one asked, would, would Hannah go on dancing with the stars? I'd love to see her on dancing with the stars. I would love that. I love dancing so much. Are you a dancer by trade? I, I used to dance. Oh my God. So you would would kill it. Love it. Like you would actually kill. I would love it. I don't know if my time is up for it, but I think it'd be really Your time's never up. Your time's never up. Okay. The last one we got is in in your future, do you want to have kids? Yes. Okay. There we go. Those are all the questions that came in hot that we approved of from the Money Mafia. Hannah, this has been an incredible episode talking about before, on the show, after the show, where are you going next? I think a lot of people could take a ton of inspiration from just like your overall approach to things. I think people are so focused on trying to keep up with others and think strategically and the way you've done it is impressive. And then the results from what you've done are clearly there, but we got to end with the trading secret. So it's a trading secret Mm -hmm. that people can't get in a textbook. They can't find on a TikTok tutorial or YouTube tutorial or learn from a professor. They can just learn from like your experience. So it could be career advice, financial advice, just a life trading secret, but one trading secret from Hannah G. Which, by the way, do we go by Hannah B now? Did you legally change your name? No, I'm, okay. I'm sticking with Hannah G, okay. Hannah Godwin, but casually Hannah Godwin Barber, like we're the barbers. Okay. And then when we have kids one day, I'll probably switch over. Okay, just while I got you there. Okay, so Hannah Godwin, trading secret, what can you leave us with? I think it's important. And I, w- I would think in many other different industries too, not just like social media, is stop consuming and stop doing things that everybody tells you to do all the time. I feel Mm. like everybody has an opinion about everything. And I think taking time and kind of finding like my couch was my couch in Alabama and doing it for that person. Like what's your purpose kind of thing, slowing down truly and thinking of what fulfills that core version of yourself, I think is crucial. And also that's where creativity is, is like, it's hard to be creative when all these people are out here doing this and doing that. Like, I feel like you're able to like do the coolest things and make something out of nothing. If you're allowing yourself to have that space, like that empty space, that's just your space. Like don't let anybody in that space and protect that. I love that. And that connects to your 2024 theme, which is one word. It's Hannah. It's Hannah. And I think those lessons right there are really good ones for people back home. If you're listening to this, you feel like you get lost. You feel like you're caught up in the mayhem of everything. I My takeaway is like when you think of that little girl, Hannah, like what is my what is my little Hannah in my life? Like that's what I need to figure out. So when you do get deregulated or when shit happens or when health things come up or, you know, emotional things come up, like what is that fallback that you're like, okay, 
remember that person or that event or that thing, kind of like, what would they do? How would they treat this? It's such a good way to say centered and grounded. So that's a hell of a trading secret. Hannah Godwin, where could everybody find everything you have going on? Where can they download your app? Tell us where they can get it all. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, Hannah G 11. Okay. I know I thought about doing Hannah B11. I don't even know if it's available <laughs> anymore. So I'm sticking with Hannah G11. I like the Hannah G because everyone that does know you from Instagram, there's a Hannah B and there's a Hannah G. You're the Hannah exactly. G. Exactly. So you If there say. wasn't a Hannah B, I'd probably be yeah. more like, yeah, like yeah. let's Hannah B it. But yeah, now I'm like, yeah. no, Hannah B's got her thing. Yeah. I got mine. Maybe if she changes her last name when she gets married, oh, maybe we'll look into go. doing like you do a, a quick swap. switch. We'll see. It'd be funny if that Adam's last name would be funny if it started with a G. You guys go full swap. Can you imagine? Yeah. Wow. Wait, why the 11? Hannah G wasn't available forever okay. ago, and I love the number 11. Okay, so cool. It is so it Hannah is. G 11, go give her a follow. Where, yep. where else can everyone find everything? Hannah G 11 on TikTok, on YouTube. I think just Hannah Godwin mm -hmm. should pop up somewhere there. I don't know what the exact name is. And then I have SETI app. So definitely check that out. All right. Anything else you want to promote or where people can find? I think that's it. All right. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets. What an episode. And I'll tell you what, I'll be tuning in. Will you be on Selling Sunset? You said stay tuned. So thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell to the Hannah Godwin episode. I, I just stumbled there because I almost said Hannah Barber. I don't know. Hannah Barber, Hannah Godwin, but we all know her is Hannah G from the Bachelor franchise. Now, before I kick it over to the Curious Canadian, I got to tell you guys back home, we just cracked a couple of high nooners. It's a nice little Friday chilly afternoon here in Chicago, Illinois. We're sitting at the Ritz-Carlton, just having a couple bevies. And in a rare occurrence, David and I are live together. We got a great weekend ahead celebrating his birthday. So, David, before we even talk Hannah G., how are we feeling, baby? How are we feeling? I mean, you say Ritz-Carlton and High Nude in the same sentence. I'm drinking pinkies up today. Pinky's up in the high noons. You know, Jay, he's not just my podcast co-host. He's one of my best friends. People, he flew me out here. <laughs> he flew. He goes, you know what? I haven't seen you way too long. I'm just going to take it upon myself. He flew me out here on a whim. Uh, and here we are. We're in the Ritz. We're looking over the the Chicago skyline and and we're podcasting a great episode. So I'm happy to be here. And I heard a new term today. I heard a new term okay. called waffled david so i'm gonna play the curious jason here and ask you a term what does waffled mean is this what the kids are saying in the locker room All these right. days well let's just set the record straight here i've been a very dedicated curious canadian i'm down 25 pounds in 2024 i've been on the fasting journey i meet jay for lunch before we podcast i have a three or four two tree drinks here and waffled is a term where you're not quite sober, but you're definitely not hammered. You're just a little waffled. So I'm coming to you live waffled on the podcast with Jay in the Ritz drinking high noons recapping this episode. So there is a trading secret for me. But OK, so I like the word, yeah. but like I think waffled. I'm thinking of a waffle. How does a waffle connect to being like kind of drunk? You know what? I think sometimes the best explanations in terms of the ones that you can't fully explain the ones that mm. maybe don't make sense but okay. if i were to say to you listeners out there if you're waffled how are you feeling you're you're gonna feel how i'm feeling right now it's a great place to be <laughs> and who okay. doesn't love an egg a waffle in the morning so let's just tie two and two together here 
There you go. All right. Well, that's definitions. Let's kick it to the Hannah G episode. Yes. Uh, do you have any questions, I, I, any definitions we need to hit? Ramen says hello to all the money mafia back home. Ramen, living living the high life in the Ritz. Uh, yes, I do. If you're going to come at me with the definition, I'm going to come at you with the definition. We're going to fast forward all the way near the end of the episode. You talked a little bit about the book. And there's a term in there that you use that I don't understand. Okay. You were explaining how you think relationship finances should work. And you use the term pro rata. Now, I've heard pro bono. I've heard squid pro quo. I've never heard of pro rata. So what WTF does that mean? Okay, so pro rata. It's in proportion of. So like when I say in the book, talk money to me, which you could go pre-order right now on Amazon. Gotta get if it. you do, I would greatly appreciate it. Pro rata would be like, it's a proportion to something we're talking about. So if David, you and I say we're going to create a slush fund and you make a hundred bucks and I make 10 bucks, you make 10 times more than me. So you will contribute 10 times more to the joint account. Mm -hmm. So that would be a pro rata proportion, right? So it's kind of think about it like proportion. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah. And I love being a married man. I love hearing people's take on their finances. I just find it so interesting. The truth is whatever works for the couple works for the couple. Um, and everyone will have opinions on that, but I just find it so interesting. I can't wait to hear the feedback that you do get from the book, uh, on this topic, because I think it's fascinating and I don't think it's, one and the same for any couple out there. Would you agree? Yeah, there, I don't think there are any good cookie cutter solutions. I think you have to hear all the possible solutions out there and then customize it to your scenario because there are so many different things that impact finances. But the biggest thing is having the conversations. 100%. I also, I'm just thinking out loud here. I feel like people who do sign prenups might be might able them to have these conversations more openly and freely in the relationship because they already know if the relationship goes south what the makeup is yeah just putting it all on the table yes. it's like you know evan and i own a business together if evan dies i know what we do if mm. i die we know what we do like you never want to think about it you never want no. to plan for it but it's just like you have to be able to plan for all different circumstances so that when things do come up you're ready for them and a lot in the book i talk about places i'd missed so totally totally Get that, but you know what, David? We'll do a whole episode on the book. We'll talk yeah. about your finances. Yeah. I'll ask you if you got joint accounts yeah. right now. We got the one and only Hannah G, entrepreneur. She killed it in the Bachelor franchise. Colton season ended up with Dylan, who's a great guy. A lot of action here. What are we thinking? What's the curious Canadian well, thinking? Right I got us. There were a lot of numbers shared, and I appreciate Hannah for that. But one thing that was shared is something that I just can't get over. I actually didn't know that insomnia could be so bad where you're sleeping one night out of seven on a Barcelona trip. I mean, she's even saying now since November, it's back to being really bad. And I just couldn't like, look, I have a, I have a newborn. I have a nine month old. He wakes up once in the middle of the night. I still get seven, eight hours of sleep. I'm miserable. I could not imagine getting less than five hours of sleep, let alone. She's literally saying, Jay, she doesn't, Sleep does not sleep. It, it, I just can't. Before I get into the numbers and her and her and her success and her career, Jay, have you ever gone a night with not sleeping? I don't know if I've ever gone a night without sleeping. She's gone multiple nights. It's it's and you think about the impact sleep has on your body and recovery and everything. You know, for me, I looked at my sleep coming into this recap, thinking you might bring it up. Sunday, I slept ten hours and forty five minutes. Monday, three hours. Tuesday, four hours. 
Wednesday, four hours, Thursday, five hours. So I'm a shit sleeper, shit sleeper. But I will tell you, it impacts everything. It impacts your mood. It impacts your energy levels, your productivity. Like it is such a powerful thing that if it works against you, it could be detrimental. And it sounds like she's tried so many she's, solutions. She's right? trying all the natural solutions. I would like her to try taking a gummy because it works at the Ardwin household. Just a little, so you're you know, saying a little THC, do. a little high you do, a little one two a little, punch. Little, just keep it a fiver, fiver, no tenner. Okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah, you heard it yeah. here first. Maybe try that. Do you have a certain brand you'd recommend Kami- to handle? Now I don't know free ads, but <laughs> Caminos, guys, the Caminos. You get your hands on those, you'll be feeling good. Now, Jay, I got to bring this up. A repetitive theme that I've brought up in this podcast before is working for free. She mentioned it in without even being prompted. She mentioned working for free and some of the modeling offers that she was doing for brands to get clothing and get recognition and followers. But another theme, Jay, that she brought up, this is the second guest in I think a three or four week span that's brought up, is using a well imaginary character as the brand. And she says that she always thinks of little Hannah and talks about how very protective she is of little Hannah. And you think back to the Big by Melissa episode, how she had her Jordan, I believe the the customer was, how she always referenced Jordan. I just want to pick your brain since, since anytime we see repetitive things with our successful guests, just your mindset between how they approach that, the pros, the cons, and the benefits of, of doing that. And if people at home can take that you know, as they think about advancing their businesses with all the hustle and bustle that goes on um, with trying to be either an entrepreneur or get your, your business off the ground. Well, I mean, look at Hannah and look at Baked by Melissa. They're both extremely successful. I think the biggest thing it contributes to is the idea of just recentering yourself. If you're losing purpose and direction in brand, in what's next, in how to present something, when you have an epicenter like Hannah does with little Hannah, or Baked by Melissa has with Jordan. And for those people that didn't hear or fully understand that, essentially what they're doing is they're calling their brand a certain name. So they look at their entire viewing audience, whether it's two people or two million, and say, those people are called to Baked by Melissa, Jordan, and to Hannah, it's little Hannah. And so when they're trying to think of content or how to serve or product, they just think of the little Hannah and they think of the Jordan. I think it's brilliant. It's a great idea, especially if you start to feel lost. hundred percent. It keeps them centered, keeps them grounded. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you did a little rapid fire at the end. I'm gonna rapid fire some questions to you that didn't really get answered in the episode. So I want you to answer them now. You good with that? Let's go. Fire away. All right. Um 150k a year she was making at 21, 22 years old. More or less than you were thinking? Much more. Okay, I like that. Uh, will she be on Selling Sunset? She hinted at it. You hinted at it. You didn't get any answers. The vibes that you're getting. Will she appear on Selling Sunset before 2025? I don't know. I did see her at the People Choice Awards Uh with Dylan, and they were with Jason Oppenheim. I could 100% see it happening. You referenced Dylan knowing Jason Oppenheim in the podcast. How how do they know each other? I don't know, actually. Okay. I don't know. Well, I know Dylan's mom is in, I think she's in some kind of a, attorney work, and I think it's entertainment law, Okay. I think. Um, and so maybe there's a connection there. Okay. Or Dylan's a, a big networker, but I know they're really close. So 
Uh, who knows? But I, my prediction, Hannah G ends up on Selling Sunset. You heard it here first. You're, you heard it first. Trading secrets. Uh, 60 million reach from their wedding. More or less than you would anticipate. Much more. That's huge. Those are massive, massive numbers. 60 million is no joke. Probably one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever well, seen. You referenced, well, you tried to reference the cost of her wedding. She used the code word Dylan. Lip syncing wise, we're just going to agree to disagree here. 400k if you're one let's the- on the count of three let's both put our prediction okay okay 400k yeah. over under one okay. two three over oh, yes oh, okay now now yeah. now let's go exact dollar amount on three Ready? okay one, one two, two three, three 925 wow okay. <laughs> wow that was fun okay 900k that's big time um would you ever spend over 400k on a wedding oh god <laughs> it would be tough it yeah. would be tough. Yeah. It yeah. would be tough. It would be tough. I would say, like, I think 400, like, ah, man, I don't know. It would be tough. It would be tough. It's tough to justify yeah. that. You know, flowers, they add up quick. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the SETI app. Have to touch on the SETI app really quickly. Um, I'm going to talk the numbers first. 700K downloads she has. 34.99 annual subscription. You said you went and you downloaded it live on the podcast. You already edited a photo. It was free. So not all the 700K downloads are paid subscribers. If they all were at an annual rate, Jeez. she'd be racking at 25 mils. 25, 25 mil. Mils. So if every single one was a paid user, it'd be 25 shmil a year in gross revenue? Yes. Wow. But I would not. say, I think uh, probably, what do you think? What percentage do you think are probably paid I users? I think 700K downloads, I have no clue, but I'm going to say... I feel like her following is very loyal. I feel like what she does with photos is great. I feel like people want to replicate. I'm going to say, because it's my favorite number, I'm going to say, and this may be low, 22% of the 700K downloads are paying users. I was going to say 5 to 10%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. maybe it's not low. Yeah. No, okay. I think it's right. So, but even if it's 10%, you did the math already, 25 mil, take a zero out, that's 2.5 mil in gross you know, revenue. One, even if it's 10%. I'm going to critique you a little bit as the host. She also was just featured in Forbes for this ad. Yes. Uh, and now you tried to dodge my critiquing question. Let's but hear I'm going to critique it. You asked her three biggest revenue streams. <laughs> We're in it, folks. We're just in it right it's now. It's only it's 3 flowing. p.m. Wait till 3 a.m. Jesus. We are. You talked about her three revenue streams. Instagram, TikTok modeling. Right? Yeah. Number one, by far, was Instagram. Two, surprisingly, was TikTok. Three, was modeling. Where do you think SETI is in her revenue streams, ranking-wise? I mean, if I'm, we, if we, I'm can, guessing, we can say it's below. It's definitely yeah. below Instagram. And Hannah, I, you know, I, I apologize, Hannah, if you're listening. We just have to do this. I got to take guesses. This is the guesses. fun part, Hannah. This is the fun part, Come Hannah. On. I know, I know. It's uncomfortable. I'm going to guess We're gonna Hannah do- makes over... I'm gonna guess she makes over two million a year. Like yeah. like her taxable yeah. income's over two million a year. That's my guess. Okay. So I think that the the SETI app, I think, you know, let's just say it's a million of gross revenue. I think there's still a lot of expenses with it. I think SETI app is um below Instagram, mm-hmm. above TikTok. Mm. So I would go Instagram, TikTok. No, Instagram, SETI app, TikTok. And then uh, fashion. Okay. I would say that the profitability or the profit margins in all those Instagrams by far number right. one. Okay. Now, 
yes, apologize. No, not apologize, but you know, Hannah, we are we're going in a little deep here. We're, we're in sorry, the weeds a little bit. No, we're it's not. What sorry. we Listen, do on trading secrets. We're not sorry because this is what we do. We help on the recaps. This is I special also, recap. I also want to say I got the heads up that numbers. You know that Hannah wasn't comfortable sharing a lot of numbers so yeah. i knew that coming in right but i still wanted her as a guest because she, for money mafia look at what she's done like i think the idea of the app i think the idea of the fashion i think she's one of the more successful people to ever come from the franchise so to hear a different side of her i think is so worth it and something we can learn from and sometimes numbers help us learn and sometimes it's the story and so with hannah is more of the story so well, because of that we got to take shots for the numbers and the recap well here's what we're going to do hannah we're going to make it up to and Jay, I think that at the very conclusion of this recap, we're going to take a photo together okay. because it's it's on our, everyone has these, like she said, her theme, her theme word for 2024 was Hannah. It was herself. Yep. Our theme when we get together is take more pictures. Take more pictures. Because it's my birthday and you're using the same pictures from pre-COVID. And when it's your birthday, I use the same pictures from you and my wedding. And it's got to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. It was so, your birthday. I used the same picture I had for six <laughs> every years. Year. Yeah. Hopefully no one else at home finds that out. We well they did because we just talked about it. We are gonna take a photo in the Ritz. Okay. Post recap right now. We're gonna use the SETI app and we're gonna upload it to our training secrets Instagram. Done. How does that sound? And you guys can see what the filter looks like, and then we'll each give it a rating. How good we thought the edit was before and after. Maybe see we'll if we can maybe, take maybe, the bags of our eyes maybe out from we, sleeping three hours. Maybe we post it before and after. Maybe oh. we show the impacts and the effects of the SETI app. I like that. I like that. That's great. Yeah. That's okay. Great. Good. All right. I'm gonna wrap with this. You talked about how her plan was to not have a plan. Okay. You said she was on the no plan plan. Do you really believe that or do you not? I do believe that. Okay. I think some people just really function at high levels, not having a plan, letting things fall into place, believing what will be is going to be. And I think she's one of those people. And I also think as someone who is a planner, when you plan too much for what is, you limit yourself to what could be. So mm -hmm. I actually believe that she's not a planner. And I think it's been quite successful for her. I'm going to agree to disagree. Okay. Because I think you're thinking of planning as a traditional planner. Okay. One year, three year, five year, SWOT analysis, et cetera, et cetera. I think she's a planner. But I think she's planned on her own instincts, her own judgment, what's important to her, and that is her plan. Interesting. So that that's my take on it. I was really impressed. Hannah, Dylan, they've both been on the pod. Yeah. We love them here. And uh, thank you for coming on and sharing that. Yeah, I think there's some people that go on The Bachelor that without The Bachelor, they wouldn't have got the kick they would have gotten, and who knows if they would have found it. I think Hannah, no matter what, would have found it. Like, Hannah just has it. You know the it? She's got, got it. it. Yeah. Like so big it with, guy. I'm a big it guy. Or without the show, Hannah's it. I'd like to say I could spot an it from a mile away. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. let's have a little fun. New season of The Bachelorette is out. Sorry, yeah. new season of The Bachelor's out. Yeah. Joey G is our guy. Yeah, he's great. Okay. Sure. Absolute beauty. Yeah. Um, you know, just so everyone knows, we do have a tour coming up. Mm -hmm. Ten stops. Joey may or may not be a guest. You will find out soon. Yep. If you want to join our focus group to help us strategize for the tour, you can do so. Just grab a copy of Talk Money to Me. Send the receipt to tradingsecrets at jasontark.com. You will be in the group in return. You'll get some access and some um, gifts sent your way. But moreover, who on Joey's season do you think has it? Here's what I'll say. Okay. Here's what I'll say. The bat look, we're gonna get we're gonna get in the zone here. 
I am the reality TV dating show guy, okay? I've watched Joe Millionaire. I've watched Love Island. I've watched Love is Blind. I've watched The Bachelor. I've watched them all, okay? The problem with The Bachelor is it's turning into whoever can make Joey feel the worst feels like they have the best chance, right? Whoever they can throw the most amount of guilt on, the most wait, amount wait, of Wait, wait, wait. You got to explain this. What do you mean exactly? I mean... Every person who gets time with Joey wants to put the most, you know, they're part of their story, but they're sad. They're depressing. They're really like this guy. He just wants a fucking break. He just wants somewhere to someone to come in and put a smile on his face. And I commend him because it's impossible to truly, truly care deep down about all of these stories, the way that they're expecting him to react to. So that's why I love Mariah. I like Mariah because she shows up. She puts a smile on his face. She doesn't take herself too seriously. And anyone who's listening to this, when you go on the first three, four, five dates with someone, that's the, probably the face that you want to put on. You want to put your best face out there. You want to make them laugh. You want to laugh. You want to feel lighthearted, and that leads to be able to make a deep and emotional connection. I know it's fast-forwarded. I know it's a little bit different scenario. But I think that Mariah has, or Maria, Mariah, I don't even know. But we all know who I'm talking about. She's also Canadian. Not a big deal. I think, kind of a big I think deal. it's Maria. Maria? Yeah. Maria. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mariah is your friend in Rochester. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maria Mariah, potato potato, tomato tomato. We're Canadian. We say it a little different. I think she maybe should change her name though, because Mariah yeah. sounds more like a star. It just, name. Yeah. I think Maria's a star. So I think she's a star. Excuse you, Ramen. We're that gonna, was Ramen burping. We're we're gonna get her on the pod. I think I think Daisy has like yeah. she's the all American sweetheart. Like very Love relatable, her. yeah. Very relatable. But I think there's something special, and I think you're seeing that out of Joey right now. He just its a breath of fresh air where he doesn't have to have a monumental conversation every time he's with Maria slash Mariah. All right. There, yeah. There's your answer. There it is. So you think she's the star? We'll have her on the show someday. Yeah. But I've been adamant, though. No spoilers. I told Jay every time I see him, I said, you know, no spoilers. All right. I'm like a loyalist. I want to know the right way. You're I don't want to cheat. I don't want to cheat. You just self-proclaimed yourself as the reality TV guy and Correct. the loyalist yes. <laughs> of Moriah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Waffled, Curious Canadian. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets. Remember, please go grab a copy of Trading Secrets. Please give us five stars and let us know what type of feedback you have in the reviews. Hey, there's one person that left that, that keeps leaving this review saying that she doesn't, I don't listen to our audience because she's like, Jason, I DM him and then he doesn't respond to me. For that specific person, I know you've left three reviews. Please just, um, I don't know, maybe put your Instagram handle there. A lot of DMs do come in. I'm sorry if I miss them. Or shoot us an email, tradingsecrets at jasontark.com. If you have suggestions, I promise we will listen to them. But anyway, thank you for tuning into another episode of Trading Secrets. Wow, we have a wild, wild list of guests on. And remember, a lot of these conversations are just unbelievable on YouTube. It's great to listen to them. Sometimes it's good to see them. So make sure you subscribe. But before I go, David, we're looking at the beautiful water of Chicago. St. Patty's Day's around the corner. We know it's going to be green. The vibes are good. We got two great dinners ahead. We have a big podcast here live with a big guest on Saturday. Got anything else before we wrap? Yeah, I just I just can't help but reflect in these moments the fact that we're both on microphones recording in the studio right now, which is your hotel room for a podcast that we're on. It's incredible. People, buy tickets to the book tour. Legitimate title sponsor. Legitimate book tour. It's going to be fire. I'm going to do my best to make as many locations as I can personally to be a part of the hype, the energy. And listen, when we come back from the book tour, two episodes a week, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's, it's done. done. No, it's, it's actually done. It's already done. done. It's already it's done. done.
It's locked for, in. For all you people who have been saying, we're coming, we're doing it. We are coming. Two episodes a week. If you want two episodes a week that bad, show your support in the book tour. But after the book tour, we'll be coming Monday, Thursday. Ever heard of it? Two days a week. Trading secrets. Can't wait. But wait, there's more! Because of the title sponsor, David, there actually won't be a price for those tickets. Wow. First come, first serve, limited capacity, and the tickets are free. Wow. So more to come on that. If you want to join the focus group, grab a book of Trading Secrets, a copy, send the receipt to tradingsecrets.jasontarget.com, subject focus group, and you can join us. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets, one you couldn't afford to miss. Bringing that money, money, rain on me.